Good morning. Welcome to LifeBridge Church. So glad you're all here. I'm Jamie Cook, the Kids Ministry Director here, and I got the privilege of welcoming you here this Sunday. We gather here together in fellowship in Big Church, not just to gather and connect with faces, but also to grow. And it's been an incredible week of conference for our Spirit-filled conference, and it's been a wonderful time growing together. Um, please check out my Life Bridge if you are looking for sermon notes um, and our audio. Check out, uh, go to mylifebridge.church, and you can save that on your phone or your homepage browser and access all of those items there on the screen. We are grateful for your tithes and offerings. Um, we give to be generous, and because we want to help our ministries grow here locally, here in Burlington, and it helps us support those ministries, as well as our global um, partnerships. If you're ever curious about our partnerships, local or global, there is a wall on the in the hallway, right on the right side on your way out near the lobby, that has cards about all the different partnerships we have and how you can get more connected with them. All right, and last, I am so excited. We are going to be kicking off our school year on September 11th at LifeBridge Kids here. And we have so many amazing weekly leaders that have made a commitment to return. We were talking, some of them have given hours and years of serving here, investing in the next generation, and some new faces. This will be our first year. We have five next generation um, youth leaders that are going to be stepping up and being our co-student leaders, which I'm so excited about. These are kids that have been in the ministry, have benefited from the ministry, and now they are giving back and serving as well. And I'm just so excited. Um, we do ask that if we want all our families to re-register. I know many of you as parents have been filling out all those online registration forms for school again, and they ask for all that information. We really appreciate it too. If you move, if your kids have developed allergies, it's helpful for us to know. And this helps our leaders partner with your kiddos as well as you. Our leaders love to send mail to our kids. So if we don't have the right address, we won't be able to connect it with your child. So we ask that you please register. You can go to lifebridge.church forward slash kids or just our homepage and hit the kids tab at the top and just pre-register for the school year. It's one registration form for the whole family for the whole year. And that just helps me update your information and help your kid get connected to the proper weekly small group leader. So please do that before September 11th and we will be promoting and popping up to the next age group. All right, thank you so much for being here, and I'm gonna pass it off to Pastor John. Thanks, Jamie. You guys don't have to clap for me. Oh. Oh, stop, she didn't even in invite the clap. You guys have been conditioned by John, this is a problem. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for the, the next step of some, some youth uh, leaders. Uh, helping out in LifeBridge Kids Ministry. My son Shiloh is among them, and I'm excited for it. It's a great opportunity for him. We'll just say I have my concerns. Um, if you know Shiloh, he's a little... <laughs> getting him to just chill and uh, be helpful and do what he's supposed to do. It's going to be great. It's going to go great. We'll see what happens. Um, whoever he's paired with in the room is going to need a lot of patience. Okay. All right, uh, this is our last week of our Spirit-Filled Life campaign. Well, this week and next week. Next week is Labor Day weekend, and we are going to have a family service. So uh, the 
Uh, LifeBridge Kids Rooms will be closed. We'll give uh, everybody kind of a break, and we'll all be in here together. So I love our family services. So if you can, um, just, just so you know, that's coming up next weekend. And this is the last week of our teaching in the Spirit-Filled Life campaign. Remember, we've been looking at what, a, what it looks like to live a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've said a Spirit-Filled Life is a life lived rich in the qualities that the Spirit of God produces in a believer. Uh, those are primarily seen in the fruit of the Spirit and in the gifts of the Spirit. And today, we have a guest speaker. I want to invite up Tammy Kettleson. Tammy and her husband, Levi, pastor here in uh, Burlington at Journey Church. And Tammy has been here to speak before, and we have just been so blessed by her gifts of preaching and teaching, and we're excited to hear from her again. So would you guys welcome Tammy? Well, good morning, church. I'm so glad I get to be back with you today. It's always a pleasure to be um, with the larger body of Christ, right? We are at Journey Church, and we are one body, and this is one body, but we are all a part of a greater body of Christ. And so I'm always honored and privileged to be back in this house with you today. Um, our church started our summer off by going through a series that we called, um, what did we call it? We called it Absolute, and we went through the Apostles' Creed, which um, the first few lines of that says, I believe in God the Father, almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. So those are the first few lines of the Apostles' Creed. And we walked through the Trinity and we talked about God being our Father and God being powerful and mighty and our Creator. And we talked about Jesus Christ as the only Son who is our Lord and our Savior. And then we got to the Holy Spirit who impregnated supernaturally a young woman. So, okay, so I can see how sometimes the Holy Spirit can be a bit confusing. I can see how sometimes uh, our response to the Holy Spirit can get a confused reaction. And, and I know that there have been times where conversations have happened where maybe some of you or I know me personally have had conversations about the Holy Spirit and there just seems to be some super unexplainable things that I don't know how to respond to. And I can see how some Christians struggle to engage in the Holy Spirit often because the church sometimes can remain silent about teaching on this. But I believe, church, that if we are not careful, we will reduce the gospel to Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he got up. But that is not the full gospel because though Jesus did come and, and yes, he lived and he did die for us and he did raise again, but then he ascended. And when he ascended, the Holy Spirit came down. And when the Holy Spirit came down, the church was born. And when the church was born, the gospel moved further and faster, and he is coming back again. That is the full gospel of who Jesus is, and we cannot just celebrate that Jesus was born. We can't just celebrate that he died on the cross. Though all those things are extremely important, we also have to celebrate that he ascended, 
So yes, we celebrate Christmas, and yes, we celebrate Easter, but we must also celebrate Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit came down to be inside of us as believers. You see, that's what happened when in, in Acts, the very beginning of Acts, in the upper room, there were about 120 believers that gathered in that room. And Jesus was in that room with them, and he told them, I'm going to leave. And he got carried up on a cloud out of that room, and he told them, you must stay here and wait. Wait right here. Do not leave until the gift that the Holy, or that God promised comes to you. And so they did. And I'm not sure if they waited because they were so amazed at what just happened that there was a person here and then the cloud came and the person was gone and they just couldn't move because they were so stunned. Or if it was out of obedience. Nonetheless, they waited. They waited not knowing what the Holy Spirit was going to sound like. They waited really not knowing what the Holy Spirit would look like or how it was going to feel. But they waited believing that they would know it when it happened. They waited believing that this gift was going to come from the Father. And this gift was the Holy Spirit. I wonder what would happen if we waited a little bit more for the Holy Spirit. What could your life look like? What could this church or our community look like if we waited a little bit more for the Holy Spirit? If we stopped hurrying through life, rushing through routines, but we spent some time waiting. You see, our Savior ascended, and he did go up, and he will come again, but until then, what if we got together with some other believers like they did in the early church and waited for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit? In 2020, as we began to gather again in church buildings or in small groups to watch church online. I felt that I wanted to do a study on the early church. I wanted to know what it looked like when the early church gathered. And so I began to research in Acts and moving forward, and, and I saw that the church didn't do anything until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The church did not move until there was an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts, uh, we see over, or actually in the New Testament alone, we see over a hundred times that they were filled with the Spirit and then. They were filled with the Spirit and then something incredible happened. And then boldness came over them. And then atmospheres shifted. And then miracles took place. And joy overtook them when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just this one time thing that happened in the upper room. It was something that they continually experienced. They continually waited to be filled with the Holy Spirit before going about their day. Acts 2.4, filled with the Holy Spirit, he began. Acts 4.8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Acts 4.31, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. Acts 9.17, so you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 4.14, then Jesus returned from Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus sought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
How much more do you think you and I need it if Jesus needed it? See, though the Holy Spirit came into this earth on the day of Pentecost, looking like tongues of fire and giving people other languages to speak, that does not mean that's all he has to offer. You see, that's just part of the gift. When babies come into this world, they come in knowing how to do four things, right? They know how to cry, eat, sleep, and fill their diapers, and that's about it. Well, my kids are now 17, 16, and 13, and they can do so much more than that. And I say that because though the Holy Spirit came that day looking like one thing, doesn't mean he ends up always looking like that thing. Because the Holy Spirit has so much more to offer us. Just because we read about one gift, that moment, that moment in that room, does not mean that's all of it. There are so many scriptures that back up more of who God is when he comes through the Holy Spirit. You guys have actually just spent months going through the Holy Spirit's gifts and the Holy Spirit fruit. And you can tell there's so much more to who he is. And my prayer for you is that as you guys begin to close this campaign, that you feel more confident engaging with the Holy Spirit. That you don't shy away from conversations about the Holy Spirit because there's a confidence in you because you know more about who he is, that you feel equipped to talk about him. I believe it's time the church starts talking about the Holy Spirit a lot more. I believe it's time we ask for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's time that we start praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit daily. Because if it was good enough for the early church, it's good enough for us. Joel 2, 28 through 29 says, And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. Church, the Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Your gift it is the best gift we will ever receive. But this gift is not just for you. It's for the people around you. The Holy Spirit isn't in your life so that you can further your plans. The Holy Spirit is in your life so that you can participate in God's plans. So you can participate in his character and in his kingdom. Today I felt led to share this idea with you. I believe that the church of today, the Western church, that we have made extraordinary what God meant to be ordinary. We have made extraordinary what I believe God meant to be ordinary for his church. And what I mean by that is we as Christians, not all of us, but most of us, have decided that miracles are extraordinary. We have decided that prophetic words from someone or to someone, that's pretty extraordinary. We've decided that people who consistently possess love and joy and peace and patience, those people, the people who can access the fruit of the Spirit consistently, those people are extraordinary. But I don't believe, after reading scriptures, that this is what God intended for us. I believe these are supposed to be ordinary moments in our lives that the Holy Spirit is with us to show us 
ordinary things, powerful things that he wants to do in our lives. And I'm not here to downplay any of those things. I'm not here to downplay miracles because they are amazing. I'm not trying to say that living by the fruit of the Spirit is something super simple that we can all do. But I am trying to say that these things are meant to be ordinary daily living for us as Christ's followers. Not that we ever lose the awe and the wonder of what God can do through the power of his Holy Spirit, but that we see him more clearly every single day through the power of the Holy Spirit. I wonder, what have you made extraordinary that God intended to be ordinary in your life? When Jesus walked this earth, wisdom flowed out of him. He spoke in prophecy quite often. He healed people. He cast out demons, and he multiplied food. He spread love and kindness and joy and peace everywhere he went. And then he also said, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you and I will do greater than what he did. I want to read to you John 14, 11 through 17. It says, believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father, and you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So the Son can bring glory to the Father. You ask for anything, you ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because the world isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and soon will be in you. To be clear real quick from this passage, Jesus is kind of giving off like vending machine vibes, like, hey, you just like ask me for whatever you want and I'll do it, like anything in my name, you're all good, I got you. Okay, that is not exactly what he is saying here. And I don't have time to get into the context that we need to truly understand that part. But I do, however, want to highlight a couple things from this passage. We see here that Jesus' desire for his followers, which is you and I, is that we continue to do the works that he did. And then he goes further and he says, our works would be even greater than what he did here on earth. These greater works that he is talking about include but are not limited to his miracles, spreading the message, leading people to faith in Christ and performing miracles and prophetic words and words of knowledge. And we see that throughout the book of Acts, these things taking place after Jesus ascended. The disciples would speak and thousands would come to know Jesus. They would pray in Jesus' name and the blind could see, the deaf could hear, And the sick would be healed. But we must also recognize that the greater works we are talking about here, the greater works Jesus is talking about is not because of the disciples or because of our own efforts or our own spirituality. It's because of the Holy Spirit in us. This work is still Jesus' work done only through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
See, this is how the disciples would pray in Jesus' name and God would respond in a powerful way through the Holy Spirit. This is how you and I can pray in Jesus' name and and God um, responds powerfully through the Holy Spirit as a result of the disciples' work, as the result of our work, things would become greater, greater in number and greater in scope. Because Christ's message and his power continue to reach people throughout the world and throughout generations. You see, empowerment from the Holy Spirit wasn't meant to be a once a year or a once a decade kind of thing. It was meant to be a daily, ordinary act. I think that there are probably people in this room that would say, if I could see one miracle in my lifetime, that would be enough for me. But I just don't see that in scripture as being how God intended us as his Christ followers to live. If LifeBridge as one body consistently partnered with the Holy Spirit by accessing the fruit that is inside of them and by engaging in the gifts that God is giving you through the Holy Spirit, because we see throughout 1 Corinthians that my gifts are going to be different than your gifts, and your gifts will be different than his gifts. And when we all begin to work together as one body, and all the gifts are being utilized, I believe we will begin to see the greater works daily, weekly, because we are moving together as a body, trusting the Holy Spirit to work through us. Because the fruit of the Spirit living in us and the gifts of the Spirit flowing out of us are meant to be everyday, ordinary experiences. See, the Holy Spirit is not just for you, but for the people around you. In verse 17 in that passage, it says, the world does not look for him because they can't recognize him and will not find him. So how will the world meet the Holy Spirit? How will the world meet Jesus? Through you. You are the one who is to bring the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go and show off who the Holy Spirit is through you. I want to share just a few stories today as we close about the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit interacting with each other and stories that I pray you can see yourself in. Maybe these are things that haven't specifically happened to you, um, but that you have recognized the Holy Spirit moving in you looking back now because you didn't notice it in the moment. So the first one I want to talk about is in Acts 3. It's the first recording of Peter and John going out of the upper room. It's the first recording that we have of them leaving and heading to the temple. It says in verse 1, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him, they, 
sorry, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You see, Peter and John had walked this route multiple times. They would have seen this man many times. They walked past him, the person who sat at the gate daily. But this time, something was different. The Holy Spirit inside of them allowed them to see this man, not for who he was, but for whom God meant him to be. This is what you and I get to do. This is what we get to be a part of. This is what we are called to, to see things not as they are, but as they should be. The Holy Spirit fuels our focus to see things differently if we let him. Has anyone ever in here driven home and like you pulled into your driveway and you realize I have no idea how I got here? Like you are on autopilot. It's so scary that we do this. Well, I, um, I order my groceries online. I've been doing this for our family really ever since 2020 because it's just a lot easier. Um, but I've noticed that I have been kind of ordering my groceries on autopilot, right? Like I get on the website, I choose my time, and I kind of just go to my previously purchased items and start clicking. And there are times we get the groceries home and my kids or my husband look at me and they're like, why do we have five bags of croutons? Or we already have two jars of peanut butter. Why did you get a new one? And I honestly look at them and I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I just must have clicked it. You see, we can be on autopilot sometimes and not even recognize it. It's one thing for us to drive on autopilot. It's one thing for us to order our groceries on autopilot, but it's another thing for us to go through our lives on autopilot. And my fear for you and and my fear for me today is that we are so distracted by what goes on in life. We're so distracted by the noise of this world. In our physical world, it distracts us that I fear that our spiritual lives might begin to drive on autopilot. And we miss out on opportunities to impact the kingdom of heaven. And I wonder, who have you been passing by? Who have you withheld Holy Spirit moments from? So Peter and John saw this man in a new way, and then they engaged with him. And with the Holy Spirit boldness, they said to him, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So not only did they stop and look at him and speak to him, but they reached out and they helped him. They expected something different that day. They expected a miracle to happen. Are you expecting the Holy Spirit to move through you? Are you expecting the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside? Empowerment from the Holy Spirit has to be partnered with action from you and me. So there are three things from this story in Acts that I want to point out to you. Three things that I learned. First, the Holy Spirit enables us to see new things. They look straight at this man who was lame from birth, this man they have seen many times begging, but they saw him, but they didn't see him needing. They saw him being healed. They looked at him and saw something different this time. They weren't looking to exchange money, but to exchange his future. 
Second, the Holy Spirit empowers you to do greater things. See, they helped this man by expecting the miracle, expecting it for him when he didn't have the faith to expect it for himself. They spoke a miracle over him. And the last thing is the Holy Spirit equips you to walk with his fruit. They loved this man. They showed kindness to this man. They were gentle with him and they shared Jesus with him. See, from this moment on, the church began to grow daily because the extraordinary became ordinary for them. Miracles were ordinary. They happened constantly. Years ago, we were uh, in a transitional period in our life, and we were waiting for God to show us what the next move was going to be. And in this season, uh, we were basically doing a complete faith walk. We had no idea what God was about to do. And the only thing that felt consistent to me in this season was the Holy Spirit. And one day I went to Walmart to get my groceries and I was by myself, which was kind of rare at this time because at this point my three girls were all very, very little. Um, So I don't know if I had a sitter or what, but I knew I was in a hurry. I remember being hurried and I remember being alone. And as I walked into this store, I had Dave Ramsey envelopes. Anybody in here? Financial Peace University. All right, we were going through that season and we were super strict with this. So I had my envelope of cash. I knew how much money I had and I did not bring my debit card with me back at this time because I knew if I went over, there was nothing in the bank. So I had to spend what was in that envelope. So I walked in the store and those of you who grocery shopped often, you know I started my normal route. Right, we all have a route when we get to the grocery store. Some of us start in the front and we work our way to the back. Some of you start from the outside and you kind of work your way in. Well, I always start from the back and I work my way forward. And the reason is because my heavy stuff is in the back, right? My milk, my juice, and my soft things, my bread and produce, that's all in the front. I don't want it to get smushed. So that's my normal route, which nobody typically does that with me. But this particular day, there was somebody who did. She was a young mom. She had two kids, an infant in the stroller or in the cart, and then she had a toddler that was walking alongside the cart. And I learned rather quickly that she was not having a very good day. And she began to cut me off a lot. She rolled her eyes at me quite a bit. Uh, There were moments that she stood in front of the cooler for like, it seemed like eternity, and I couldn't get my milk and couldn't get my creamer. And I was thinking in my head, okay, I need to get to whatever it was. I know I was in a hurry. And so by the time we got to like the fifth or sixth aisle, her son, the toddler, had taken my cart and like strolled it down the aisle and taken it from me. And she didn't do anything. She didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, Jesus, you're going to need to help me today. And so I just felt the Holy Spirit say, just take a different route. I said, okay. So I just, I was halfway through my list. I went all the way to the front and I started working my way the other way. Well, I had gotten all my stuff and I felt very hurried. And I went to go check out. And of course, there was only one cashier open. And guess who was at the end of that line? Young mom of two. And I, in my flesh, said to myself, I'm going to leave this cart here and I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back and do my shopping later or I'm going to scream. One of the two things are about to happen and I need you, Holy Spirit, to help me in this moment. And I felt the Holy Spirit so gently say to me, I need you to stay. I need you to wait. So I pushed my cart over there and I got behind this young mom of two and I waited. I waited in that long line even though I was supposed to be somewhere. And then it got to the point where she was getting her stuff on the counter and her toddler was crawling all over my cart and smushing my bread. And I didn't feel hurried 
And I didn't feel upset. I felt extremely patient. And I felt kindness pour out of me as I just smiled at him thinking, I'll get a new bread later. And I watched as she began, as the cashier began to check things out and the mom was really panicked. And then it got to a point where after every single thing the cashier scanned, she said, how much is the total? How, how much is the total now? And then it got to the point where there were about five to 10 things left on the counter. She said, I need you to stop. This is all I have money for. And in that moment, the cashier annoyingly grabbed all these things off the counter and was just like so frustrated. She's going to find someone to put this cold stuff back. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, pay for her groceries. Now remember, I had my envelope. And I knew that I only had a few more dollars left after I was going to pay for my own groceries. But it didn't seem like the Holy Spirit cared that much about my envelope. And so I, I felt him ask again, pay for her groceries. So I leaned forward to the cashier and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for these. Go ahead and scan them. And this young mom began to thank me so much, continually just like, thank you, thank you. And I was really unaware of what was happening because I am now watching her total go up and scanning my cart thinking, what am I going to have to put back now? And, um, and then she ended up giving me a hug and walking away. And it was my turn and she's scanning things. And I'm digging through my purse thinking there's got to be a dollar or three dollars change in here somewhere. When I looked up and I saw the cashier was crying. Now, here's the deal. I don't know what the Holy Spirit was wanting to do in that young mom's life that day. I don't know what the Holy Spirit was doing in that cashier's life that day. But I know what he was doing inside of me that day. I know what he was trying to accomplish inside of me. You see, he was wanting me to exercise patience. He was wanting me to show kindness and gentleness and self-control. I didn't have so much joy in that moment, but all these other things became present even though I didn't want to be in that moment. You see, he was trying to slow me down. He was trying to show me what kindness and gentleness and patience and joy and love looked like working out through me to this young mom as this cashier watched. He wanted me to slow down and pay attention. How many of you feel like you are constantly hurried, especially when we run for errands, right? We feel like we gotta hurry up and check off this list. But maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to slow you down because there's a Holy Spirit moment he wants you to participate in. Well, when it came time for me to pay, I ended up having exactly what I needed to pay for my groceries. I didn't have to put anything back. And, and I don't know that I, if I miscalculated as I was walking through the store, which I don't think I did because I was usually like 99% on. And I don't know if maybe I miscounted the money in my envelope before I walked in. But what I believe is that it was a God math moment, that it was a miracle moment inside my envelope that day. The story reminds me how important the fruit and the gifts are together. See, the Holy Spirit has given me the gift of discernment. And in this story, I was discerning the Holy Spirit, highlighting this single mom, this young mom with two little kids in the store. And I didn't know why, and I didn't know how the story was going to end, but I felt I was going to be a part of her story that day. Then I accessed the fruit inside of me 
when I wanted to be impatient and I wanted to leave and I didn't want to be there and joy was not present, I decided to access the fruit inside of me that I knew was available to me in that moment. You see, I, I think he wanted me to stay through the moment until the miracle happened. And as I look back, I can see how my hurriedness could have caused me to miss out on what the Holy Spirit wanted to do through me that day. And I can see these same three things that I saw in the, in the story above from Acts chapter 3. The Holy Spirit enables us to see new things. Instead of me looking at this woman and her kid and other annoyance for how they were treating me, the Holy Spirit allowed me to see a young mom going through a season. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do greater things. So the Holy Spirit empowered me to give financially out of what I was lacking. I believe he provided a miracle that day financially for the both of us. And the Holy Spirit equips us to walk with his fruit. If you know me, you would know that my first response isn't typically patience and gentleness. But the Holy Spirit equipped me that day with the fruit I needed to get to the moment of the miracle. The Holy Spirit is not just for you. It's for those around you. My last story that I want to share is um, just a few weeks ago, there is this moment that um, I think it's important first that we recognize how much the Holy Spirit wants to engage through you consistently. And I think a lot of times you guys are operating out of the Holy Spirit and you don't even know it. So here's a story. A couple weeks ago at church, it was on a Sunday morning and during worship, I don't even know what song was was playing. I closed my eyes and I saw, like with my eyes closed, like if you were daydreaming, a picture of a bridge, a massive bridge, like the Brooklyn Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge. And I couldn't see either end of it. It was massive. And then I saw a person standing in the middle of that bridge. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. Like, I don't think the song had anything to do with bridges. And I don't generally daydream about massive bridges. And so when things like this happen, I pause. I say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to show me right now? Because this doesn't seem to be something I would do on my own. And as I waited, I sensed the, well, I would say I sensed the Holy Spirit tell me. And how it happened was the next thought that came to mind sounded like this. There's someone in the room that feels like they have been suspended between two things for a long time. They feel like they've been stuck between marriage and divorce, stuck between sickness and health, stuck between unemployment and career. And I need you to tell them that they're not suspended and they're not stuck, that I built this bridge for them to walk from this season to the next season and to make sure that they did not get buried in this season or drowned. So I looked at my husband and I said, honey, I think I have a word to share here in the room today. And he said, okay. So in between the next song, I got up on that stage and I, I said all of that. This is what I saw and this is what I sensed. And I just shared it. And what, I, what happened that day shifted something in our room at our campus. I can't explain it and I can't tell you about it specifically. But in that moment, I knew I had an assignment from the Holy Spirit. That he gave me a gift of discernment 
of words of knowledge and that I needed to access the fruit in, in me to walk up on that stage with peace, to walk up on that stage with hope for healing or for a miracle to happen for those in the room that were feeling stuck that day. The next day, my husband went into the office and there was a note sitting on his desk and it said, thank you for sharing what God was telling you. I needed to hear that. Signed, the guy on the bridge. You see, there are things that happen in your mind, in your heart, in your gut, things you feel that sometimes we just write off but I wonder if we slowed down a little bit, if we waited a little bit more in those moments and asked the Holy Spirit, is this you? Is this something I'm to participate in? Because I can see those same three things in this story. The Holy Spirit enables us to see new things. Well, I saw what seemed to be a really random picture that wasn't actually random. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do greater things. I was able to discern through the Holy Spirit, what that picture meant, and then felt empowered by the Holy Spirit to share it with the room. And the Holy Spirit equips you to walk with his fruit. I walked onto that stage calm, peaceful, with wisdom for somebody in that room, not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit in me. Because the Holy Spirit is not just for you, but for those around you. Have you made extraordinary what God intended to be ordinary? See, we all need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to help get us through this life, to get us through school days sometimes or through work. We need the Holy Spirit to help us deal with family or to go to Walmart sometimes, right? But imagine what could happen in your life, in your family, in your school, in this church in our community, if we began to do what the early church did and we waited for the Holy Spirit a little longer, asking the Holy Spirit to fill each and every one of us every single day before we went about our day and on to work and on to care for our family, if you engaged with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, he wasn't meant to be a transactional moment the day of salvation. We were meant to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit daily, to access the fruit inside of us and to use the gifts, the ministries, and the expressions of power, Jesus knew how important it was for the Holy Spirit to come inside of us. He needed to ascend so the greater works could happen and be done through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, I pray, I pray we start focusing on the greater that we start focusing on the greater things that have yet to be done through us, through this church. I want to see the extraordinary made ordinary in my lifetime, that the church would rise up and we'd see miracles, prophecy, healing, wholeness, addictions gone. I pray to see that ordinarily happening in my life. I wonder if you would just stand with me as I close in prayer over you today. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will bring to mind something for you specifically today. And when we pray, he might bring to mind a fruit. Maybe you'll hear a word, love, a joy, or maybe you'll see it written out. 
And when you do see that, I pray that you just ask, hey, Holy Spirit, will you help me with this fruit? Will you help me love others better? Will you help me bring joy to my home more consistently? And when I pray, he may want to hand out a ministry of expression to you with his power, just like in 1 Corinthians 12, the expression of another language or healing prophetic words. I pray you receive it for what it is because it is for you specifically. Maybe something random will drop into your mind like a bridge, right? And and you might think of something out of the ordinary. I have learned most often when that happens, that is not me because I would never put myself in situations to walk up on a stage. Well, actually I did today, but to walk up on a stage to share something random that I had not prepared. So I've learned often when those things happen, that's the Holy Spirit. And there's something he's prompting in each of us. I would pray that you weigh whatever word that is, that you would figure out, is it encouraging? Is it beneficial? Does somebody need to hear what you are thinking? Is it going to build somebody else up? And then maybe when we pray, the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to see something for what it is supposed to be rather than what it currently is. That might be your health, your finances, somebody close to you is going through something, and they need somebody to see it for what it was meant to be and not for what it is today. I'm going to ask, I don't know if this makes you feel uncomfortable, but if you're willing, just put your hands out like this, if you're willing to receive something from the Holy Spirit, just as a posture of openness, a posture of um, really willingness to receive. Holy Spirit, right now I pray. I thank you that you came to us. I thank you that this grand plan that you, that God, you had planned all along, that your son would come here and that he would live and be an example, and that he would die, and he would go to the cross, he would rise again, and he would ascend. And when that happened, the Holy Spirit would come down to be in us, to be with us always. Holy Spirit, I ask that whatever is needed in the house today, that you would bring that, that you'd bring clarity, that you'd bring knowledge and wisdom, that maybe a prophetic word would be shared with somebody as they walk out the doors this morning. I pray that the fruit of the spirit that we lack the most would be stirred up inside of us so that we could utilize it and access it more freely. Holy Spirit, I give you the rest of this time and I just give us 30 seconds to just wait, to not feel hurried, but to wait.